Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you and have a blessed day. So a few years ago, actually about 10 years ago, um, I started on my journey uh, to finish up my ordination. And one of the things that they had us do was take the strengths finder. And we had to work through the book. And they warned us that, hey, this is a business book. You're not, you know, realize that there's some business things in here that aren't going to be uh, good for you. And, and, but there's going to be some really great information in here. And when I took that strengths finder test, um, I discovered that I'm an activator. Uh, I have the ability for adaptability, belief, developer, and empathy. Those are my strengths. And when I was working with this and working through this process, um, I have come to discover that uh, when, we, when we're a church, that when we utilize our strengths, we thrive. And so some of the things that you've heard me say over and over again uh, in regards to the life of the church is that I want to put people in places where they thrive, where their gifts and graces are, and I don't like plugging holes. I don't like just putting places and say, hey, Ashley, you're going to be choir director this week when she has no gifts and graces for choir director. That would also wreck my marriage as well. (laughs) But that's one of the things that I care about. I realize that if we can utilize our strengths, we can make a difference in this world. And as I began to study strength-based leadership in this test, one of the things I discovered is that uh, Don Clifton, who was a good United Methodist, uh, he was chair of his SPRC committee. He took his test and he said, you know, we can apply this to the life of the church. And so a few years later, they developed this book, Living Your Strengths. And it's looking at uh, the strength-based uh, leadership test out of, from a spiritual perspective. And let me tell you, I've done this now at three different churches, and it's been amazing to see how when people realize what their strengths are and they realize how they can like, give to the life of the body of the church, how things can change. Uh, one of the things I did when I first got here is that I asked our staff to take the test and, and, and we charted where we are and who we are. And, and let me tell you, one of the things that we discovered about our team is that we are great at relationship building. We have all those gifts for relationship building. I think everybody on our team had at least one relationship building characteristic on that. And I feel like as a church, if we can be a whole body, can you imagine the impact we can make on our community? And so when Shanna and I were talking about uh, preaching on Sunday, um, I told her, I have an idea. Would you be willing to go with me on this? And this is my developer mindset here. And so I laid uh, this foundation for Shanna and I in this talk today to talk about how this uh, this strength-based test can not only be a great tool for you to grow in your faith, but to find out who you are to develop yourself to grow in your walk with Christ. And as I've said once and many times before, we as a church are strengthened when we utilize our strengths. And so today Shannon and I are going to talk about this and, and how this can work in the life of our church. And so before uh, Shanna reads our scripture reading for today, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, I pray that as we gather here, that as the word is read and the sermon is given, that you speak to us. Lord, send your Holy Spirit like you did at Pentecost to touch our hearts and set us on fire, to want to grow closer to you, to live a life that people can see you. So Lord, bless us and keep us in this time and this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20. Hear these words. Certainly the body isn't one part but many. 
If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But, that, but as it is, God has placed each one of the parts in the body just like he wanted. If all were one and the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts but one body. This is the word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. So Paul wanted the church to understand the true purpose for which God intended it. By writing this scripture on the parts of the body, Paul was asserting that the people's individual talents not only needed to be recognized, but also celebrated. You see, what Paul was essentially doing was supporting a strengths-based congregation. In this letter, Paul was addressing some specific problems that had arisen in the young Corinthian church. There were some in the church at Corinth who believed that there were some talents and some spiritual gifts that were more valuable than others. More important, and that were just more important than others. And so the members who had those special gifts were in, were in turn more important than other members of that congregation. So Paul wrote this, this to correct that misguided notion. And he began by reminding all of them that all gifts come from the Holy Spirit and that all members of the church are one in Jesus Christ. For example, neither birthright, which is Jews or Greeks, or social position, rich or poor, makes any difference. We are all baptized into one body. The church isn't made up entirely of prophets or teachers or counselors or administrators. There's a diversity of talent in the church, just as there is a diversity of functions of the parts of the human body. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I like that. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So Paul's description makes a point to us, a very, very important point and truth. We need each other. Together, as the body of Christ, we can accomplish so much more than we could ever alone. When we recognize and we celebrate and develop the diversity of our talents that live among us, right here in this congregation, we are truly fulfilling God's purpose. Not just our individual lives, but also for this church. I want to tell a short story here about a lady in a Florida Methodist church, and her name is Dia, Dia Wilkins. She says, knowing my strengths themes explain many of my most common behaviors and has boosted my self-confidence by validating my decisions and actions. For example, responsibility is one of my top themes. 
I rarely take the easy route, but now I know why, and I appreciate my responsibility talents instead of berating myself for them. Knowing my signature themes also has made it okay for me to be an achiever. In corporate America, women sometimes suffer harsh criticism for being ambitious, but having achiever among my top themes gives people a much more positive view of my need to get things done and move on to the next goal. Putting a name to my talents also positively affects my own perception of my value. I knew I liked to read and try new stuff, but I didn't know I was a learner. I didn't know I was futuristic. I thought I just had an active imagination. Knowing my signature themes gives me the confidence to put my talents into action and thoroughly apply them in my life. And conversely, also knowing the themes in which I'm not as talented, I'm aware of when to call for help and how to pick complimentary team members. I wish I had known my signature themes 25 years ago. It would have saved me so much second guessing. It's a good little story. And when we think about that and we think about um, ourselves and our gifts and graces, what I always find interesting is when I've given this to churches, uh, how many people think, oh, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm good at. And then they get the results and like, oh, wow, that's not what I thought I was good at. Because I think so many times we, we are really notorious about working on what we're not good at and we're spinning our wheels continuously that we forget that God has given these, ourselves to be good at these things for a particular purpose to be part of a body. And when we can utilize our strengths, it only makes us stronger as a church. When we realize who we are and who God created us to be and we can recognize that, we can take that and grow from that versus just sitting out and saying, well, it's good to know who I am and just take it and leave it. Yeah. I think the moment that we, we realize our strengths, we can um, grow out of that. And it's amazing to see how many times I've given this in churches that when people say, oh, I know who I am, and, and then they come back and they realize they knew who they were not. And they look at those themes and they read through the book and they say, wow, like, now I understand myself a little bit better. But what's really great about this is that when we do it as a body, when we do it as a whole church, when I ask you know, the staff to do it, I think one of the things I noticed when we started doing it in staff was when people read through the book, they could see how these people were this particular way. Because they had read through uh, one of the, the lines that they weren't, and they saw that and said, oh, wow, that makes perfectly good sense about that person. And it helps us communicate better. It helps us connect better. It helps us get to know one of each other at a lot more deeper level than just saying, well, yeah, I know who they are. I know where they live. When we're parts of the body and parts of each other, you notice your body knows yourself. And it operates in a way that works together. Uh, that's why I love the scripture reading when it says, you know, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Because we need each other. Could you imagine if your body wanted to go its own different way? Like, could you imagine the pull that that would feel? Like, like if your leg wanted to go one, one leg wanted to go one leg, one wanted to go the other way, you wouldn't get anywhere. And what happens in churches is that. You have all these people that have all these gifts and graces. Instead of working together and seeing how they're different and seeing how they can be together and working and communicating together, they tend to do that. But when we can look at this and grow together as a church, when we utilize our strengths, we become a better church. We become part of the body that God called us and created us to be. And so I want us to think about that. I think that that's a good thing to think about, how we can utilize those strengths to when we find out who we really are to help us grow in our walk of faith. 
So you showed me about my strengths, Matt did, by having me being engaged in this sense and in this, in this book. I really was claimed by who I was. Man, I was 47 years old and didn't know that I was all of these things. I thought I was some different things than what I discovered. My strengths are belief, developer, empathy, includer, and positivity. That's a strength. Now I have to tell you, some of my family I have heard for so long, you know, the glass isn't always full. It can be sometimes half empty. And I've claimed it as a strength now and know that that is a good thing for me to be that positive. Empathy. Some, I've always been told, oh my goodness, you have such empathy for so many people. It's got to be draining on you. I've claimed it as a strength and it's empowered me and, and quite engaged me in the life of this congregation as well as the Wesley Foundation. So I truly believe that this church thrives when we utilize our strengths. So how do we know our strengths? I think in the book, there's this really great line that I love about it, and I know they're just trying to get you to read the book, but I think it's a great line. The, funding building, the fundamental building block of any strength is talent. When you enhance a talent by adding the right skills and useful knowledge, you have created a strength. Again, to live your strengths, you must first identify your greatest talents. And then they say by taking the Clifton Strength, Strengths Finder, you will identify your top themes of talent. I think that that's true. I mean, I, I've noticed that in the life of people, when they've taken their strengths and utilized their strengths, like how energized and how life-filled they seem to feel because they know who they are and they begin to walk that journey. But one of the things I love about this book is that you don't get this book and the, uh, you take the test and then you only just read. Like, you, you shouldn't just read who you are. You should read about other people. Because when you read about those other themes and you get to know those other themes, you can begin to understand how people operate in a way that they begin to operate. Because each and every one of us operate in a different way. We're a part of the body of Christ. We are created in God's image, a vast image that is big and huge and expanding. And one of the things is that God created us individually different. We're not all drones we do different things. We are different people at different parts in life of the journey. And when we can work together, it's amazing to see how the life of the body of Christ is enhanced. Yes. And so we're asking new members. We've asked new members. When we sat down in the pastor's coffee a couple weeks ago, uh, I encouraged them to pick up a copy of this book and to go through it and to sit down with Shanna. This is part of Shanna's job is, is to help, uh, help you walk on your discipleship journey. And, and that has to start with a plan. You can't start a discipleship journey without knowing where to go. And what a better way to know where to go than to know yourself. Because when you know yourself, you can know how you can plug in the life of the church. It also allows us to be honest about who we are. And I think sometimes when we have that honesty, it helps us grow and, and helps us see how we can move forward instead of just saying here, saying, well, you know, I've been serving on this committee for 20 years and I don't have this gift, but I keep doing it anyway because the service <laughs> of the church. It happens. That conversation happens. I would much rather look at you and say, hey, what do you like? What do you like to do? What are you good at? 
and then plug you into the life of the church that way because that will give you life versus just saying, hey, um, you know, you don't like kids, but we'd really like you to be involved in the kids department because <laughs> we need a person and you're one of those people. I don't want to do that. I want, I want to provide a space for you to have life because how, what a better way to be part of the body and parts of each other than plugging you in in a place that gives you life then drains you. And so why, that's why I'm, I, we wanted to talk about this. We're, we're laying the groundwork here. This is the developer in me. We're laying the groundwork here to take you to that next step. Because once you can discover yourself and you're willing to, to take this seriously and take that next step, it's amazing to see not only how you can be plugged in the life of the church, but how you can be filled once you know who you really are. That's right. So I want to tell you this story about Kevin Hopkins. Kevin Hopkins tells this story, a Nazarene pastor, and he shares this story. Susan's five signature themes are empathy, connectedness, developer, harmony, and, and belief. She has been a quiet, faithful, behind-the-scenes member of our church for many years. Immediately after learning her top themes, she articulated great doubt that her talent suited her for any ministry. She just couldn't sense any direction from God in the process of discovering her greatest talents. But as we further discuss the ways in which she used her talents with her family, several insights came to light. Susan is the matriarch of her family. Her children and grandchildren consistently turn to her empathizing heart when they're in trouble. They lean on her belief and connectedness, talents, when circumstances make them question why things are happening to them. She is always able to give them insight and encouragement. She's truly the glue that holds her family together. I asked her if she didn't think that if the only calling she ever fulfilled was to be the best grandma in the lives of her grandchildren, she wouldn't consider herself a great success. And she immediately brightened and said yes. Nevertheless, in the following week, Susan used the initial realization to consider other areas to which God might be calling her. In our last small group meeting, Susan offered input on one of the conversation questions, and I, trying to be affirming, responded by saying, sounds like the world's greatest grandma to me. And she said, now you've got me pegged as just a grandma, but I'm telling you I have strengths that other people haven't even seen me use yet. Now she's looking at the possibility of helping us network people of diff differing strengths together to meet needs and problem solved throughout the congregation. We as a church thrive when we utilize all of our strengths. Notice that strengths with an S. That's not just one thing. I think far too often we, we, we peg you as you're a music person or you're a youth person or you're a missions person or you're a Bible study person. And that's all who you are. But that's not who God created you to be. God gave you many gifts and many talents that you can use for the life of the church. And it doesn't just stop with one thing. So you're not defined by that one thing. I want to encourage you to think about how within, if you, if you wanted to do this and, and take this seriously, how you could be like this grandmother who took that and, and took this new knowledge and moved forward in her life and her faith to strengthen the body of Christ. Because as, as Shannon pointed out in the children's moment, it, it takes more than just Shannon and I to do this. It takes the whole body. 
It takes everybody to be a part of the body of Christ and parts of each other. I'll never forget when I was in football, and, and when I was in football, the football coach gave us all this length of the chain. You know, he cut off a chain, and he gave each and every one of us a piece, and he said, we're only as strong as our weakest member. And so, you know, that makes you think about it, especially if you got ineligible, or you got hurt, or you were unable to, to do whatever it is need to be done for the better of the team. It's the same thing in the life of the church. Summer is here. Don't let it say, well, it's just summer. I can miss church one or two times. Because one or two times ends up being a lot more. And then when you come back to the church and you say, wow, it's a little bit different. I've only been gone two weeks. Well, that's how the body changes. It's an ever-moving, ever-changing uh, uh, thing that, that happens over time. And, and you, know, you miss one or two Sundays, you'll feel out of the loop. But there are ways to be connected. You know, we, have, we, we do, try to do social media stuff to keep you updated. And, and that's just that way we know. We try to make announcements as best we can so you can be connected to the life of the church. And, and, but it also takes you taking initiative and saying, here I am. I want to be part of the body and parts of each other. And so there are three questions I want you to ponder this week. I want you to wrestle with these. You don't have to answer yes to them just yet. I want you to get there when you feel right. The first question is, are you willing to be part of the body of Christ in utilizing the gifts that God has given you to be part of the body of Christ? The second is, are you willing to know your strengths? And then the third is, will you be willing to utilize this new knowledge after you've taken the strengths finder and sat down with Shanna to, to figure out how you want to be part of the body of Christ and parts of each other? We've said it several times, but I really do believe it, and I've seen it happen. We thrive as a church when we are all, now listen to this, we thrive as a church when we all are parts of the body and parts of each other. So to bring it to a close today, I want to remind you that the Tahlequah First United Methodist Church, we are called to be a church of open hearts, open minds, and open doors to make disciples of Jesus Christ. I love this saying that Pastor Matt told me the other day, and I've thought a lot about it since we had our discussion in our meeting the other day upstairs. We make disciples by utilizing our strengths for kingdom building. I don't know about you all, but I'm a kingdom builder. And that's what I've been here to be put for to be a kingdom builder. Think about that this week. How and what are your strengths and how are you going to utilize them for, for kingdom building? Let us pray. Gracious God, you have created the one and only uniquely gifted with undeniable talent of individuals in this room. We celebrate who we are, and we today claim our spiritual gifts. I pray, God, as we go out, we live through our strengths and start transforming our lives for kingdom building. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd love to join us in person, we worship at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you can find out more information about us by going online at TahlequahUMC.org. Thank you and have a blessed